Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Daydream Rose podcast. So, in this episode, I wanted to share a couple of tips for tarot beginners. Many of you are starting the Magic of Embodiment program this week. Um, I emailed everyone on Monday with access, which was incredibly exciting. Um, and so, like, a, a big part of the program is um, working with the tarot and in particular working with the tarot in a really embodied way and I know if you don't have a ton of experience working with your own deck or maybe you don't have one yet in which case by the way there's an episode that came out um, last week about choosing a deck that you might want to check out anyway in those cases you might just have a little bit of anxiety or maybe there's a story that you need to know all the different cards by heart in order to really effectively work uh, read for yourself which I personally think is just not true so today I want to share some tips that hopefully will make it a little bit easier to just really open-heartedly approach your deck and see what magic you can make for yourself so I think the first and most important thing I want to say is that there's really no wrong way to read for yourself. The most important thing is that it feels good and it becomes a beautiful part of your self-care practice. And I think at some periods of our lives it will be really regular and in some other parts it will be more fluid and it might be something that you just return to when um, you feel like it rather than doing it every day. But just check in with yourself and see where you're at right now, how much time you have, how much comfort you want, how much you're into routine and habits, um, and then see what feels good. So the tips I'm going to share are really things that you can do as an alternative to just reading a book. So most decks come with uh, little guidebooks and that's really beautiful. But I would recommend, especially when you're starting out, to leave them for the, to the side for now, at least in the beginning. Um, because there's so many different ways of approaching meaning in the cards that you really don't need a book for. And we also have to remember that if we do use the book, we are working with someone else with someone else's ideas and interpretations of the cards and our own just you know by nature can be more powerful for our own questions um some additional books so if you do want to work with books which is totally human and understandable and i would never stand in the way of that but uh, you know I, because because each um author will bring their own baggage and stuff and ideas and beauty to it I would recommend that if you do work with books you kind of broaden um, out a little bit and consider some other voices as well and um, there's two books I really like one is called Tarot Wisdom by Rachel Pollack and then the other one is She's Sitting in the Night by Oliver Pickle okay so here we go with the tips now the first thing is I would encourage you to consider keeping it simple by not reading reversals for now um, you know, there's a lot of debate about that. You will find different opinions. I personally think if you have a bit of anxiety around approaching your deck, then just reading the cards upright might just make it a little bit easier for you because you're adding a lot of depth and meaning by uh, working with reversals as well. And I also think that you don't ever have to work with them if you don't want to. That's not necessarily a more advanced or better way to work with the tarot. It's just another way of doing it. So if you're really happy working with the cards upright, just keep going with that. That's totally fine as well. 
The next general tip I would say is to work with really small spreads, especially in the beginning. So I have worked with the cards for many years, but I'm still not a really big fan of super big um, spreads. Not even in January when I'm reading for the year ahead. So I really like two or three card readings on a regular basis. And then if I want to dive a little bit deeper or I'm in a really complex situation, I will do five to seven card spreads and they feel so rich and abundant. And I just want to be sure that I'm really taking the possibilities and insights of each card in rather than consuming them in a large quantity and not really getting anything out of it. And I also have a little rule for myself that maybe might also work for you um, and it's that I only read for myself if I can also make time to journal a little bit because I noticed that when when I take my journal out and I really just sit for the cards for a moment and think about what they mean to me and I also write it down, the readings become much more meaningful. And there's been a period in my life where I was feeling quite ungrounded and a bit hectic and I was often really kind of struggling for time and space for myself and my self-care. And so often I would just pull a couple of cards and just look at them and then kind of move on with my day. And it really just didn't feel good. I didn't do it for a long time. And then I kind of set this little rule up for myself. So yeah, maybe that works for you too. And then um, my next tip is to really work with the elements. They're so powerful and they're so easy to connect to, I feel. Much easier in some ways than the deck as a whole with all its beautiful complexity. So think about what earth, fire, water and air mean to you. And then see how you relate to the different cards in, in the four suits. So quick recap, um, the, the tarot consists of the major and the minor arcana. And the minor arcana is divided into four different suits, one um, of each relating to the different elements. And so there's so much richness in that in itself. And, uh, you know, if you, if you can just figure that bit out for yourself, then you're totally good to go and you have so much to discover already. The other thing I would recommend is if you have your little spread and you turn the cards to really notice what's happening in your body as you turn the cards. I always say there's something so beautiful in that split second where your body reacts to seeing an image before your mind can even get in the way and be like, huh, what does that mean? What, you know, what are the colors? What is this name? What's the number? Blah, blah, blah. There's this split a second where your body just has this intuitive hit and that's really beautiful. So I think if you're giving that space and you're um, paying attention to it, that can be really rich as well. And then when you're, you're bringing your mind in and you're really looking at the different cards, there's so much to see and look out for beyond kind of the keywords that you could know or remember by heart about the different cards. So for example, you can see what elements are present in a card. You can look at the number and what it means to you. Maybe you also know a little bit about what the, card, what the numbers mean collectively, what they could mean in numerology. You could look for colors, see what those mean to you, um, and of course you can look for symbolism as well. Um, you can also see what the composition of the card is like. So if it has different elements, how do they relate to each other? What is the meaning in that possibly for you? And then you can see what the mood of the card is like, to where the different elements come together. And you can look at the body language if there is a creature in the card. So not all cards have humans or animals in them but if they do then really look for the body language in that card 
And then when you have an overview and you kind of, you know, really have considered all these different aspects, you can then look into the relationship to the question that you have asked. So if you have a small spread, for example, past or present, then it'll be interesting as a second step to see how these different elements relate to the past or the present. Um, and then also you can see what connections are there are between the cards. So for example, if you have drawn two or three cards, are the numbers going up or down? Do you have a major card? Do you only have major cards or only minor cards? And there's no value judgment in any of these questions. There's interesting stuff to ask before you go ahead and consult your book. Um, and then you can also see how they relate visually. So, um, you know, of course, we don't have to overthink this necessarily, but I think it's really interesting how we spread the cards out. So if you have two cards, for example, you can have them right next to each other, or you can have the second one kind of going slightly up or slightly down. You can be, have them be um, on top of each other, or you can even have the one on top of the other. And that adds another layer to um, the relationship between a card that's really interesting to look at. So once you have asked yourself all these different questions, then it is a great time to kind of consult the book and maybe not just the one guidebook that you have, but maybe you can um, look at some tarot blogs. I really like the littleredtarot.com. There's really beautiful reimaginations of different cards and archetypes that might be cool or maybe you have um, another deck that you want to check out or maybe you also want to um, start your own tarot deck, uh, tarot book, sorry. So maybe you want to keep a separate journal where you're devoting one page to each card and then every time you do a reading and this card comes up, um, A, you can kind of um, give it a little dot so you can see what cards come up most often for you over a longer period of time, maybe a year or two, but you can also make your own notes and see kind of in what situations in your life this card appears and how it played out, how you were thinking about it, how maybe your interpretation of it shifted and so forth. I think that's really beautiful and interesting. Cool, so, so some more general notes and practices I would like to offer next. Um, one is that I really like the idea of creating a little ritual around your reading. So you can see if you can make some space in your bedroom or in your living room or wherever you enjoy reading for yourself. That feels a little bit special and it really doesn't have to be anything big. It could be just something simple like keeping your tarot deck next to a nice plant or on your windowsill or next to a little tea candle. Or maybe you can have a really simple but sweet little cloth that you can take out every time you're doing a reading for yourself. So it becomes a habit, you know, something that creates a beautiful container for you. Or maybe you'll have a special tea blend that you're making for your tarot readings or a nice little candle that you can light. Another ritual that I like to do when I have a lot of time, so that might not always apply, but if I have a lot of time, I really enjoy um, getting every card out and then putting them into order. So I'll have a bigger space on the floor and I'll take all the different cards out and then order them by suit and then um, I'm going to order the Fool's Journey through the Major Arcana and I'll look at all of them in detail and really enjoy the sense of like order and structure and I will just um, compare the different numbers for example so I will go ahead and uh, compare the different aces and the different fours and the sevens and so forth and I'll see 
if I can understand a little bit better what artistic choices the creator of the deck made as well, which is so interesting and can maybe help me understand my own relationship with the deck a little bit better. And then finally, when I don't feel like drawing cards uh, for myself or doing a reading in a conventional sense, I really like choosing a card that I want to embody in that situation in my life. So rather than shuffling the cards and then drawing a card, I would just pick one. I would just get the deck out and look at all the different cards and then pick one. Um, as an example, that could be the strength card. You can't really go wrong with that one. Being the strength card is kind of always good. Um, and then I'll see what that means to me in that moment. What would it mean to embody strength? If I was the strength embodied, how would I walk and move and talk? How would I make decisions? How would I dress? How would I eat, maybe? Who would I speak to? What kind of advice would I give myself and so forth? I think these are really interesting questions. And if you want to do this over a period of time, you can even choose um, a card that you want to embody that year. So this year, for example, I've chosen the King of Pentacles as my card for the year. Um, and, and then each month I'm drawing one card to see what I can invite in order to be closer to the embodiment of that card and then one card on what I can release in order to be closer to the embodiment of this card. And that feels really cool and it's a nice way to kind of get to know one card at a time um, and to really build a relationship with the deck over time. So yeah, I hope there's been some useful tips in this for you. Um, if you want to join the program, you can still become a patron and I will give you access right away. If you would like to receive regular monthly readings, that's also available. They're starting um, at a pledge of $13 each month. And then you will see, receive an audio recording from me. I love making them. So yeah, that could be sweet as well. Thank you so much for listening and have a really beautiful day.